This is Finally Free, a podcast for the chronic dieters, disordered eaters, and fitness junkies. For those sick of battling their bodies, sick of fearing food and the number on the scale, sick of punishing exercise, all in the pursuit of diet culture's version of health and wellness. I'm Alana Vandersloos, an eating disorder recovered intuitive eating coach studying to become a certified intuitive eating counselor and the founder of Freedom with Food and Fitness, an online community where I coach women how to become intuitive eaters and incorporate intuitive movement for true health, mind, body, and spirit. On this podcast, you will hear stories of other women on various parts of their journeys, some who are in recovery, those who are recovered, and those who are helping others to do the same. I'll also teach you ways to quiet that incessant voice in your head telling you you're not enough. I'll show you how to find peace and satisfaction with food again, how to embrace the one and only body you have with joyful movement so you can move through this world with peace and confidence. Are you ready to be finally free? Thank you so much for joining me today. But before we get started, I just want to remind you of everything that I offer for those who need help with body image, intuitive eating, fitness, food, weight, and mindset. First, I offer group coaching now. So if you're interested in getting some expert support, some tough targeted love, schedule a free 15-minute discovery call at freedomwithfoodandfitness.com or click the link in my bio on Instagram at freedomwithfoodandfitness. On that same link in my IG bio, I have everything that I offer people. So I have the links to two course videos, which are both under $5 right now. I have free quizzes to assess your relationship with food and exercise, over 45 pages of free intuitive eating and fitness resources that you can sign up for. It takes literally five seconds. I have a form where you can ask your own question for a chance for it to be answered on the podcast. I have a guided meditation and so much more. Seriously, go check it all out at Freedom with Food and Fitness on Instagram. Welcome, welcome to the reboot of the podcast. And now it is called Finally Free instead of Freedom with Food and Fitness. Uh, Freedom with Food and Fitness is my brand. I am the founder. It's an online community where I help women with intuitive eating and movement, ditch the diet, stop feeling crazy around food, and reclaim a love of fitness once again. Uh, But I wanted to change the name of the podcast, and it actually is now the name of the intuitive eating workbook that I finished writing and am now looking for a publisher to get it out to all of you. So hopefully that happens soon. Fingers crossed. If you know anybody in the literary agent publisher space, please, please find me on Instagram at Freedom with Food and Fitness so we can talk, we can connect, we can network and get that book out to as many people as possible so that we can help heal. So my freedom fighters, which is now what I will be calling you because, again, it, it speaks to what we're trying to do here. We're trying to fight for freedom, freedom from diet culture, freedom from our preconceived notion about the values of our body and our weight and our size. So freedom fighters, we are back. And I wanted to bring to you first uh, an episode with a listener question. So what I'm going to try to do is once a month or depending on how popular this feature is with you guys, I want to answer questions that you guys have about intuitive eating, intuitive movement, health at every size, body positivity, body acceptance, body love, body, 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 um, fitness, you know, just everything, everything that has to do 
with intuitive eating and you know that space that community so any and all questions if you have them if you want them answered on an episode of the podcast you can go to my link on my instagram so my instagram again is at freedom with food and fitness and you can go to the link in my bio and it's a link tree website so you can go all the way down to the bottom and you will see a Google form for um, asking a listener question. Uh, there's a ton of other things on that link tree. There's my Instagram link, Facebook, website, courses, quizzes, guided meditations. Uh, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, if you are in recovery, are recovered, are a professional, I'd love to have you. Uh, so many things on that link tree that I provide for you guys with regard to intuitive eating and fitness. So check it all out. But yes, you can have a question answered on the podcast. So I wanted to bring that to you guys first. So let's dive in. Um, also, I want you guys to know that there's going to be awkward pauses. There's going to be noise in the background. I'm going to stumble on my words. I'm going to use, um, I'm going to say the wrong word. And I'm going to do that all because I'm a recovering perfectionist and I am going to try my darndest to not edit or touch or re-record any of this. Uh, so it is just very raw and authentic and I can just be okay with my own, you know, imperfections. So I hope you guys are okay with that as we, as we dive in. So anyway, the listener question that I want to show you guys today and, and to, and to discuss today is how do I trust my body again? And this comes from a longtime follower of mine on Instagram named Elizabeth. How do I trust my body again? This is a really popular question. And before I dive into how to trust the body again, I'm going to talk about why we stop trusting it in the first place. So diet culture, which if you're new to this community, is the social and cultural construct that promotes and prefers thinness. It focuses on weight and aesthetics and attributes those things to our self-worth above everything else. So because we're conditioned from very young, from media, to the people in our family, like our friends and even our parents, to believe that thin is better and how we look plays a huge part in our worth as people, we start to believe that. The more you hear something, the more you're going to start to believe it as fact. And we start dieting in order to make our bodies smaller. And it makes sense because it's evolutionary. If we are what society deems as acceptable, then we, we are safe. We are, you know, we're not going to be rejected. Um, when we hunted for food in packs, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago, if we were in the pack, we were safe. But if the pack abandoned us, we would either starve or be eaten by some sort of, you know, large mountain lion. <laughs> we still feel that urge to be accepted and, and, and safe. And in today's fat phobic culture, being thin means that we are accepted and safe. So it makes sense why we feel this urge to to be thin, right? Because it means safety, it means acceptance, it means validation, it means love. We have somehow equated those two things together. Not true, but we have. And when we consistently restrict and diet in order to try to make ourselves thin and safe and accepted, we're ignoring our body's cues for hunger. These cues are asking for nutrition and energy in the form of food. And if we keep ignoring these cues of hunger and these cues for food, we're going to eventually stop getting them. 
right? If we keep ignoring our body, our body's just going to be like, peace, not going to give you any more cues. Um, but then inevitably when we restrict, restrict, restrict on these diets, we binge and then that feels awful. But again, it's, it's a biological response to restriction because your body thinks it's, it's starving or it's in a famine when you restrict like that. So eventually all the white knuckling and willpower and determination in the world is not going to stop you from a binge. And then the cycle starts over and over again and you can't stop. So we, we have, we have our, our biological cues for hunger that we're ignoring, um, we're binging. And then at the same time, we hear all these messages around us with experts, quote unquote, in wellness culture citing this study says and that doctor says, and that contributes to our distrust. Because if they're the experts and they're saying cutting out carbs is good or saturated fat is bad, it must be true. They're the experts. They went to school for this, right? As a journalist, I have a bachelor's in journalism um, among many of my professions. I can tell you that this is completely wrong. Just because someone is deemed an expert or went to school or everyone and their mom says and believes something, it doesn't make it true. For example, and, and if, if you really look into this, you're going to see that I'm right and you're going to be shocked. Um, there are a lot of studies that are done where the results are worded in a way that favors the organization that funded the study happens all the time. So I would definitely look into that. Right? Most people don't even think to look at who funded the study, who gave the money to get this done. And if the results weren't in their favor, you know, they're not going to fund any more studies. That's not going to be good for the scientists. So we see how this can kind of get a little bit muddy. Still with me? Okay. So that's the background as to why we stop trusting our bodies. Okay. So now here are five things to remember with regard to trusting our body. And we'll get to the actionable strategies in a sec. You know I love giving you stuff that you can actually apply in your life, but we always need to shift our mindset away from the messages that got us to distrust our bodies in the first place before we can start feeling that. So first, remember that your weight doesn't have anything to do with your health and your happiness. Okay, so I'm going to split this up into two things. Let's talk about the health part first. So your weight doesn't have anything to do with your health. People love to blame every ailment they have on weight. Everyone, you know, from, from everyday people, coworkers, family, friends, to doctors. There's a fight against obesity, right? Obesity is now considered a disease. It's all bull. It's easier to put someone on a diet and call it a day than spend more time digging into the root cause. And there's something to be said about causation versus correlation. Correlation means that there, there seems to be a tie between two things, but causation is when we're saying one thing causes another. There is no causation between weight and health. Sometimes there's a correlation, perhaps. So here's a, here's a good example. Just because two people die on the same day and they both had a bagel with cream cheese for breakfast that morning, would we assume that the bagel with cream cheese killed them? That, that's ridiculous. There's a correlation between the fact that the two people that ate cream cheese bagel died, but it's there's no causation there, okay? So, you know, with people in larger bodies, like very large, very, very large bodies, maybe someone has an unhealthy relationship with food and that, or, you know, food is their only coping mechanism or they're not following gentle nutrition, which is when we are conscious about how our, 
how food will feel, make our bodies feel after we eat them. But that's a whole different issue that needs to be addressed. And that issue might, for some people, change their weight. But the weight itself is not the issue. It's the relationship with food that is the issue. You can be healthy at a large weight. Not all people who are thin are healthy. I mean, when I was at my thinnest, I was at my most unhealthy because I was so disordered. We also have to consider that health includes mental health, right? We need to have a very well-rounded, holistic view of health. It's not just physical health. And a lot of the time, this quest for quote-unquote ideal physical health is often at the expense of our mental health. So we really have to wonder if that's worth it. And if that really, if, if what we're seeking when we seek thinness and weight loss, if it's really, really in the name of health, or is it more in the name of an aesthetic or to feel accepted, loved, validated, right? Okay. So let's talk about the happiness part. Your weight has nothing to do with your happiness. Think about all the wonderful things in your life, right? Maybe it's your children, your partner, your job, your hobbies, vacations, whatever. Would any of these things go away if you gained weight? Absolutely not. I'll admit, I, I gained a bit of weight on my intuitive eating journey, and everything is exactly the same. The people who love me still love me. The people who hate me still hate me, right? Um, you know, think about all the crappy things in your life. Do they magically go away if you lost weight, right? Would your children magically always behave? Would your partner magically do everything that you asked them to do? Your job would still be your job, right? We're promised by diet culture that we'll be happier. That's just a marketing ploy. Everyone wants to be happy. So, so how else are they going to sell their products if, if, if they're not guaranteed happiness at the end of it, right? The next thing I want you to remember, number two, remember how intricate your body is and that it knows what you need. Seriously, have you ever looked at your blood work results? There are so many levels to consider and body parts that just work without you knowing about it or having to do anything about it. Right? You breathe. You don't have to think about breathing. When you have to pee, you pee. So why should eating and hunger be any different? I'll tell you guys a, a personal story. I had uh, an adrenal gland removed in 2019 because I had a small benign tumor that was causing too much of a hormone to misfire, and it's called aldosterone. And aldosterone's primary purpose in the body is to regulate your salt content. So it was misfiring. My body was holding on to too much sodium, so my blood pressure was through the roof. And I had like 50 cysts in each ovary, so it was mimicking PCOS. <laughs> All because of one little tiny mass that I think was like maybe a centimeter and a half. So if your body didn't know what you needed, you'd be dead. <laughs> So trust your body, trust evolution. You have a very specific set of DNA that has codes to tell your body exactly what you need. Okay, number three, remember that you might not be able to feel your body's cues anymore at first, your hunger, your fullness, okay? That might come in time. That will come in time, but it might not be right away. That's what I meant to say. This is for people who have been severely restricting or dieting for a long time or have had an eating disorder or have an eating disorder right now. As I said before, those cues can go away for a while and it's going to take them a while to come back. So it does make sense if you don't feel hungry at first and that and that you feel like you can't trust your body because you never feel hungry. Um, no other time would I say this, 
But I, if this is you, I would recommend eating on a steady and consistent schedule every like two to four hours, depending on how you feel, just until your body remembers your hunger and your fullness cues again. Which brings me to my final point. Number five, remember that it takes time, self-compassion, and patience. This is not an easy, linear, or quick journey. This intuitive eating journey uh, or journey to just trust your body again, it's going to take weeks, months, maybe even years to relearn everything. It's, it's going to take time for your body to readjust, to be intuitive again. And it's going to take even longer than that to rewrite the narratives in your head, telling you that you can't trust your body and all the other lies that diet culture has told you. So trust the process. It's a good process. It's the best process for you, but it does take time. And which is why you need to be immersed in the community to get the support and the accountability that you're going to need through this journey. So three actionable ways that we can start fostering trust in our body again. First, the hunger and fullness scale. So although we don't want to make intuitive eating, you know, into the hunger and fullness diet, as Caroline Duner says, we can start by using the mental hunger and fullness scale to foster the trust in the beginning. So promise yourself that when you feel, say, a three or a four, you're going to eat. You will trust your body's cues for hunger, trust that they are real, and you're going to honor them. Maybe we don't want to eat at like a five or six because maybe that's just boredom talking. But if you're truly hungry, you're going to honor that hunger in your body. And remember, hunger doesn't always manifest as a rumbling stomach, right? It could be lethargy, uh, irritability, lightheadedness, and other things too. So no, like my stomach rarely ever grumbles, even if I'm starving. It's usually that I feel nauseous and lightheaded and want to kill my husband. So, so that's, you know, it's going to be different for everybody. You have to honor that true hunger. Second thing, uh, second way to foster trust is practicing gentle nutrition. This is the 10th and last principle of intuitive eating. You consider how your body is going to feel after you eat something. So you can trust your body's, um, you know, reactions to foods. If real ice cream is too rich for you, it kind of is for me most of the time, uh, unless I want to have a special occasion if I'm out somewhere. You can have the lighter kind. That's okay. That doesn't mean you're pandering the diet culture. It just means that richer foods don't agree with you. If you want pizza and you know that dairy and gluten bother you in large quantities, have one or two slices instead of the half a pie, right? Pay attention to how your body reacts to foods. So pay attention to stomach aches. Pay attention if you get gas. Pay attention to your energy levels after you eat. Do you feel energized after? Do you feel sluggish after? That gentle nutrition, practicing that gentle nutrition, is going to ensure that you will just not eat junk food all day, that you can trust your body won't allow you to do that because your body needs nutrition. It's going to seek out nutrient-dense foods too. Now, again, if you've been res severely restricting, your body might react poorly to a lot of the foods that you've been cutting out. At first, you might need to try, you know, incorporating these foods over and over until your microbiome in your gut builds itself back up. Um, the, the microbiome becomes very severely limited when you restrict. So for example, when I was in my eating disorder, I 
thought I had IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, for the longest time because um, I was only eating like a dozen foods over and over because those are the ones I deemed safe, quote unquote, for my diet. And um, really, it was just, you know, my IBS symptoms were really just me severely limiting my microbiome to the point where my body couldn't handle like normal food, quote unquote normal, but you understand what I'm trying to say. So, you know, when you introduce gluten back in your life, you might have the tummy rumbles a little bit. Um, and that's really normal. It doesn't mean that you have a gluten intolerance. It doesn't mean you have celiac. You might, um, maybe you want to get tested, but it's highly unlikely. Not many people actually have celiac disease. So I would just try to incorporate those foods um, for a sustained period of time before you decide that you have an intolerance. And the last, the last way to foster trust in your body again is utilize self-care. Uh, I had a, a reel about this a few months ago. There are five different types of self-care. There is physical, social, mental, emotional, practical, and spiritual. Have a few different kinds of each of these categories at your disposal. So, you know, practical would be, you know, having a calendar, making to-do lists, doing something that's productive, but that you also enjoy doing. Spiritual self-care, you could meditate, you could read scripture, mental, emotional, uh, you know, you could talk to a therapist, you could listen to a podcast, physical, you could take a walk, garden, social, you can hang out with friends or, you know, any loved ones, but have a couple of these different ones that you enjoy doing. You can also Google a bunch of other ones. Um, there's a, a section in, in my book about uh, self-care as well and some options for you. Uh, but if we're taking care of our bodies, in all of these different ways, we foster a sense of respect and love for them. And that respect and love is gonna help cultivate more trust. So just to recap, um, you know, why we don't trust our bodies, the quote unquote experts, the studies that are suspiciously funded, the people in our lives telling us that being thin and weighing less is gonna give us love, validation, and trust, or uh, love, validation, and acceptance. Um, that's why we, we stop trusting our bodies. Uh, five things to remember. One, your weight has nothing to do with your health and happiness. Two, um, remember how intricate your body is and the fact that it knows what you need. Three, remember that you might not be able to um, heal, uh, feel your body's cues anymore at first. And then four, it takes time and compassion uh, and patience to get through this. Uh, and then three ways to foster trust, hunger and fullness scale, practicing gentle nutrition, and utilizing self-care. I hope this was so, so helpful in your journey toward trusting your body again and eventually moving into becoming an intuitive eater. Uh, again, if you would like a chance for your question to be answered on the podcast, you can go to my Instagram page, Freedom with Food and Fitness. Click on the link in my bio, scroll all the way down to the uh, listener question form. You can also DM me if that's easier for you. Uh, and if you don't have an Instagram, the link for the link tree is um, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash freedom with food and fitness. Again, that's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash freedom with food and fitness. And I look forward to answering your question soon.
So that is it for today's episode. Seriously, of all the podcasts you can be listening to, I'm so honored that you took the time to listen to mine. I'm also so proud of you for taking this small step forward toward food and body freedom. If you like what you hear and you want to work with me as your coach, go to freedomwithfoodandfitness.com to schedule a free 15-minute discovery call. That way I can hear your specific needs and set up a game plan for your success. I would also be so, so grateful if you could subscribe, follow, rate, and review this podcast so many more people who need help with dieting, body image, disordered eating, and fitness can find our message of freedom. Until next time.